everyone, and welcome to an all-new Deep Cuts Live. I'm your host, Antoine Reed, and today we have uh, with us Rick Rodriguez. So some of you may know him from his days at CAO, but now he has his own cigar company. So I'm looking forward to speaking to him about West Tampa Tobacco Company and his new blends and just what he's been up to uh, in the last year getting this brand out there. So let's bring on Rick. Rick, how are you? Good, man. Hold on. I'm thirsty. <laughs> the product placement. <laughs> no. So, no, bro. Uh, great. Uh, we uh, had a great weekend. Uh, we're doing a uh, little photo shots uh, this weekend uh, and uh, some videos this weekend with uh, uh, my daughter and uh, talking about kind of getting ready for, you know, some, uh, you know, photos and uh, videos that we're going to release. And so it was a great weekend hard because every time i went to the light of cigar somebody's stop let me take a picture of that so it's so cool that i could just smoke a cigar that smoke a cigar exactly well well, that's awesome like i said uh i've been wanting to have you on the show for a while so i'm glad i know when you were still i remember getting the press release when you were at still at cao that you were gonna i think i forget the wording they they that was used like retire or something like that and I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I remember saying, like, like this would be a great time to, like, speak to him because I didn't at that time, like, the news hadn't come out about your own company. So I was like, this would be a great time to have him on. I was like, what if this is, like, it? Because you never know in the industry. Sometimes people retire from the industry and they really do retire. And then other times they they kind of, like, retire just from that position and they come back. So luckily you were that, uh, that case. So we had a, a, another opportunity to have you on here. So... Uh, I was very excited yep. to like finally get you confirmed and, and set up on here because I just have followed you obviously for a couple of years now. So uh, thank you. Excited to, to kind of see what you were doing now with uh, your own company. So I did retire for 48 hours. So I left Jealous <laughs> Bar. I had an event on a Friday and uh, did that uh, event. Actually had a microphone that they gave me and I dropped it. I'm out of here. <laughs> And then that was great. And then uh, I stuck a bar so high, the sales were so high that for the last event, because everybody thought I was really leaving the industry. So they really supported the shop, the store, me, and they bought a lot of stuff. So I left Jealous Cigar with the bar so, so high. Even Cohiba is going to struggle to get to that uh, area. <laughs> and their, our cigars are like 20 and $30. So. But uh, yeah, so uh, I, I knew that uh, at the back of my mind that Monday we're going to drop uh, what I'm doing, and uh, I was lucky enough to you know drop that that the Monday that uh, we're releasing and starting uh, you know West Tampa Tobacco Company, and so that was great. And uh, but uh, you know um, I spent uh, over 24 years with General Cigar, and uh, 24 great years. I owe this company uh, so much. Uh, so many thank you, so many hugs uh, for the opportunity they gave us and my family to, you know, have this quality life that I never dreamed possible. And so after that, I knew that uh, I, I, I wasn't done. I was just done with a corporate side of the world. And I, I you know, uh, talking and we'll share how it all came about with, uh, you know, Gus uh, Martinez, my partner, and then uh, bringing in Sarah, my daughter, to the fold and starting this company called West Tampa Tobacco. Yeah, it's like I said, like 
you you become synonymous with CAO. So I think that's why it was such a a surprise when everybody got the press release and it started to get posted on Half Wheel and Cigar Ficcinato and you know and, and Tobacco Business, which is what I work for during the day. Um, and it was just such like because your buzz like Rick Rodriguez, like I mean. CAO could stand on its own, obviously, but like I said, yeah. you have become synonymous with it. So it's kind of hard to, to kind of see how you two kind of, you know, existed in different universes. So for you, like, what was that like, the, you know, separating yourself from CAO and saying, and then I guess in the back of your mind, obviously you, you said, well, there is a plan. I just can't tell anybody yet. I have to, like you said, kind of let this go because it would kind of take the steam out if, I guess, if it came out and that, you know, Rick Rodriguez is going to retire, but he's going to come back 48 hours later with, you know, <clears throat> own brand. And that would kind of have, have been a little bit of a conflict because I guess you kind of have to, to play out that CAO. Um, I agree. Yes. Life. So how yeah, do you yeah, separate I, yourself from the CAO stuff? Yeah. So it was sad. It was hard to make that decision because uh, some of these people are not only people I work with, but uh, after you know, 24 years, you, you know, kind of form these friendships, their family, uh, because a lot of times, uh, you know, throughout my career with General Cigar and CEO, I spent more time sometimes with the, you know, the, the reps and the factories and, and uh, other people that are working with, uh, you know, CAO more than I did with my family because I was constantly out of the road and all that are in the factories creating new blends. So it was a chug of my heart, but the, but the, the blessing is I knew, you know, yes, I'm hitting one chapter of my life, but I was looking forward to the other chapter. And the reason we really didn't share it or leak it out because I didn't want to take an ounce of time away from, CL. So mm -hmm. like I said, everybody say, what I know you're going to retire. So why are you still out here doing events and all that? One was to say goodbye. And the other one was simply to, you know, pay justice to this company that was good to me. So I wanted to give them every ounce of energy I had left uh, for CEO for that uh, last event. And I did that. And knowing that uh, on Monday that we're going to announce uh, what I'm doing uh for the future so how far back had you kind of already planned west tampa like how how much preparation led up to basically the announcement that came out like you said soon after you were done with ceo there's announcement ready and the logo was ready and i think y'all had a website kind of up so there was obviously a lot of preparation that kind of went into the launch of it well i was blessed to have a, a partner like uh, gus to really uh, you know do the heavy lifting in the background because I, I did i had i still had a job so i need to to focus on 100 percent of my time that i gave to cao so a lot of calls uh at nighttime a lot of calls on the weekends sundays so when i had to get involved i was but later after hours uh, but uh, gus was able to really collect everything that we needed to be able to say okay we're going to switch out the lights on CL and turn the lights on uh, and not uh, have to wait, you know, 18 months. So we started this uh, project about 18 months before I left uh, General Cigar. And so uh, like everybody, bro, uh, like in 2020, everybody had time and everybody started to shift their minds from, you know, what I'm going to do, what's my purpose in life? 
And so, you know, uh, I know that uh, my daughter uh, and I started to talk about maybe three, four years ago. Dad, you know, she's been traveling the world as she graduated college. She just kind of went uh, uh, and to uh, the world and just visits all these countries. But she said to me, you know, if I retire, I mean, retire. So if I come home, could we ever work together? And I knew the answer would need to be no. If I'm still working with Jealous Cigar, Jealous Cigar is not going to hire my daughter to make me happy and her happy. So now, you know what? I don't know. I don't know what I could do. Maybe we can uh, do a shop together. And so that was the plan. Uh, you know, at, at the beginning in 2021, I got a call from Gus. And Gus and me were more friends than workers because Gus, uh, at, at the beginning, uh, he was kind of upper management. And so I didn't deal with him every time I went to the office, uh, but I visited his office every time. And we just talked about our families and, uh, you know, things outside of the business. And we formed this friendship. So every since he left, he left uh, General Cigar about uh, uh, maybe three to five years. I'm not I'm, I'm sure, but uh, he left, but he always kind of stayed in touch with me, called me my birthday, uh, called me out of the blue called me every year at the beginning of the year to say, wish you, you know, happy uh, New Year's. And in 2022, I mean, 21, he called me, says, what are you doing? I said, bro, I think I'm going to retire. I think I'm going to retire and just kind of uh, build a shop in Tampa and kind of, you know, just moaching down the river. And he says, that's interesting. You know, I want to get back in the business because he was doing some business part time after he left but he, i was be interested and we started to form this plan to build the shop uh, in tampa and the more and more we got into it the more and we uh, more he realizes ricky i'm out i can't do this whoa i can't do it without you because uh, i'm smart enough to be smart enough to understand i'm smart in tobacco storytelling about tobacco and all that but i'm not a business guy and he's a very good business guy. So he says, no, let me help you. Uh, we'll do this job. And then he called me one down out of the blue and said, bro, I'm out. Uh, because what's going to happen, I still live in Richmond. He lives in Richmond. I live in Tampa. You're going to have to run this shop by yourself. And all I'm going to do is collect money off of your hard work. And it's going to put a strain on our friendship first and the business uh, relationship second. So I'm out. And I said, well, Okay, that's kind of that's not good for me. Um, what he says, have you ever thought about your own life? Swear to God, I've never thought of that. Never because oh. I'm so happy with CAO and right. General Cigar. I've never crossed my mind. I'm ready for my own line and all that. So no, I said no. But he says, let me put a, a business book to, uh, together and we can review it and see if that works for us. And little by little, he started to Put this business plan together we kind of leaked it out to a couple people just read this see if you're interested and the response back bro we're in we're in from us tobacco guys to box guys to uh guys that want to import for us we're all in and i said okay that's done all right gus one more thing if i do this could you uh ever allow me or want me to approach sarah uh, my daughter to bring her in to the phone and make it really a family kind of business. He said, that would be excellent. 
have you talked to Sarah? I said, no, I have not talked to her as far as what her, you know, part would be, but let me call her. And she was like, dad, if we could do that, I would love to the opportunity to work with you. And so it just, it's like a, a kind of a, a snowball that started in the top and it started you know, just rolling and getting bigger and bigger. And we realized we have something. And uh, so we put that to, uh, to back, uh, business uh, plan of, to work. And that was 18 months ago. And uh, you know, now going on 21 months ago because we just released at the trade show. And so uh, we started that way. And all of a sudden we said, bro, this is going to work. And um, I remember talking to uh, Gus and said, if we can go to the trade show and open about 75 accounts to 100 accounts, I, th I think that would be a great start for us. Oh, bro. <laughs> yeah. More than 80, are you 75 accounts. So uh, we're just talking to our sales force today. And uh, we announced to them that, that we're already in 200 shops wow. in the U.S. and close to 250 shops doors because uh, a lot of the shops that have multiple doors. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was, uh, you know, handled. And then we're global also. So we had uh, to reach out to a partner that we uh, partner up with in Europe. And then we're in now uh, eight countries in Europe. And so I'm going to go to the trade show. Uh, next month uh, for the European trade show, and we're going to talk to, there's interest uh, from uh, you right now, uh, some of the countries that we don't have right now in the fold that they're interested in seeing us at the trade show is Spain, uh, Italy, and France. And so we're going to maybe walk away from the trade show uh, with 12, 13 countries in Europe right now. So we are a global company, uh, and, but uh, we're so excited that uh, the U.S. market was, uh, you know, so excited to uh, have the opportunity to work with us. And so we blew out that uh, hopefully we have, you know, 75 accounts and we're going to be, a, a, you know, OK. And so, yes, yeah, so it's amazing. It, it's, it really is amazing. I think that's great that you set a goal that was attainable. You know, 75, I know, is a lot in this industry, but still it was something that even if you didn't hit that number for some reason in the trade show, I mean, you still had room to kind of and probably the manpower to get to that this year. Um, just maybe it was a little bit, you know, may, it may have just been slower, but you've already exceeded that, as you, you pointed out. So I think that's uh, important. That's why he's, I would think that has come from your kind of background as an entrepreneur and also knowing the industry, like what what works because so many people get into this industry and sometimes they don't have that background like you do. Um, and they set a goal that's, you know, instead of setting like accounts, they may say, we need to make this much money. And then they don't hit that uh, a thing. And then they're like discouraged and then they're worrying because they base everything on a monetary amount. But like I said, I think the account approach is, is so smart um, of you to kind of you and Gus to kind of figure out. Yeah, for us, uh, you know, uh, throughout this process of building this company, not once was mentioned how much money do we need to make and how much money are we going to make. And that was never an issue for us. It's always about how many cigars can we order and how many accounts that we can open up, guaranteeing these accounts that they're going to have the product to reorder. 
because what I kind of found out going around this world and new uh, you know companies open up, they're so excited about the opening, opening, oh, 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 oh. and all of a sudden they open more than they can or should open and they get in trouble very quickly when they go to, oh, guys, your cigars are blowing out of my shop. I need to reorder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe right. in uh, two months we can give you that order. And that's a death of any cigar. So we purposely target accounts knowing that the product that we're going to receive will allow us two things, to fulfill that opening order, but also stash aside uh, a third of our product for reorders. And that's a lot of money just sitting there, hopefully they're going to sell it through and reorder. So we're so lucky that not only that we open the accounts, we're already in two and a half months. Some accounts are into their fourth order, reorder for wow. products. And, but uh, we have not uh, uh, said yet, uh, oh bro, you know, we grew too uh, fast, too big, and we don't have the product. So I think the, the shop owner uh, are very happy that, you know, kind of, you know, kind of shaken, can I reorder this? And well, yes, you can. And we ship it that day. And they're, oh my God, you're the easiest company. Matter of fact, uh, you know, uh, Gus was saying this to the team uh, this uh, this morning. We're getting response back from the shop owners. You, uh, you guys are one of the easiest companies to work with because we order and we receive, and we just want to thank you for that. So we do act big as, as far as our planning. Because General Cigar taught us, uh, okay, you have a launch, but set aside product for reorders. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think sometimes the smaller guys do not take in that account. Yeah, so it's a lot of money to sit down in a warehouse. It's like, uh, no, no, don't worry about it. We'll get through that product too. And I think that's important that you also figured out what the retailers want in terms of like service, like figuring out that the quicker they can get product to them, the happier they are, especially in the last two years with the pandemic kind of messing with the supply chain. And, you know, I know that there's retailers out there who they love a certain product, but they just can't get their hands on it yet because that product is still being made or still waiting to be shipped. So mm -hmm. figuring out that, like you said, having a, a nice stock of, of product on your end that you can just send out to them really quickly. I think that's something that maybe a lot of, companies in the industry right now kind of they're, they're figuring it out but they're figuring out maybe behind the eight ball you know they're figuring out yeah. too late uh that that product delivery is kind of what's going to make a, a big difference with a lot of the retailers because we knew uh because of my history uh, we knew that uh, we can open a thousand shops if we want to uh we knew that and uh but we don't want to be that uh, because we want to be the company that means something to those shops that they you know we care for so we're never going to reach that uh, you know a thousand you know two thousand three thousand accounts we don't want to do that uh what we want to do is be something special to each and every account that we have in our book and so with that planning stage uh it was easier for us to say we need this much to open and this much to fulfill and that started that little train down the track. 
So when you first came up with the idea for this, your own company, how soon did you start developing or working on blends for your product? Uh, kind of uh, quickly because we, we need to, you know, kind of put that, you know, we didn't want to put the cart before the horse because without the cigars, you're not, not nothing. So you can do all the planning you want. But it, at the end of the day, it's about the cigar. So we reached out to about uh, three manufacturers. Okay, let's go back. Uh, the manufacturer, before we started to reach out, we kind of talked, who are we going to reach out to? Do we reach out to the big guys, you know, the General Cigars, the Atadas, the AJs of the world, to, because we know that they have the tobacco, they can uh, fulfill anything we need. But we also realized through working with General Cigar, you've become a number. And so we just didn't want to be a number. So we purposely reached out to smaller manufacturers and say, say, we're going to, you know, kind of put all of our eggs in what's basket, but you have to be able to fulfill what we need. And so after that process of like, could you do what we want? Yes. Now let's get into the blends that we want to uh, for you to uh, make. So I didn't have the opportunity to go to the factory and work on blends and, you know, develop the blends the, like, like the, the way I do with CAO. But what we did was, okay, we're going to give you what we want, the wrapper we want, the body that we want, the, uh, the chase profile we want. And all three was the same. So guys, this is your goal give us the cigars and we uh received about i think uh five to six samples of, of white and black from each of the companies and we noticed that right away that Garmendia, the the guy that we really approached and worked with uh you know now west tampa uh that he was hitting a home run after home run after home run if you can give me a blend without me being in your factory and really give me the blend that I really want to host and talk about. You're something special. And he knocked it apart. But when we went to his factory, I, I did uh, visit his factory. I realized, uh -uh, I think we're going to need a bigger boat because he was small. And I'm used to going into a factory, the DR, that we have a thousand, you know, 200 rollers. And the Honduras, we have maybe 700 rollers. And the, uh, you know, Nicaragua, we have 500 rollers. Uh, Garmendia has 30 rollers. And so can you produce and keep up with our demand? And he guaranteed I can. And we realized uh, talking through him and then seeing him person to person and to have factory, this guy knows the opportunities getting, uh, getting uh, give, uh, being given to him and uh, he takes a challenge and just we're so happy that uh, we just uh, you know worked with uh, Jose and Garmandia because every cigar from the first batch to the fourth or fifth batch we're receiver now are the same and so compliment to them now I am going to start to uh, play more in a row and going and launching new product and really diving deeper into blends and working with him and his team to give you guys other uh, cigars, uh, uh, you know, the future. But for the, him to 
give us exactly what we wanted without me interfering was something special. And I, I know from reading your biography that you do have a background and you learned at some point early on in your career in the cigar industry, like how to blend a cigar, which I think is critical because obviously, like I said, I think it would have been a lot harder for you probably if you were going to launch your own company, you didn't have that blending capability to kind of say like what exactly it was that you wanted. I mean, you could have said we want a cigar that kind of has this flavor profile, but you would have gone through so much, but you probably, that blending background probably gave you a little bit of a better foundation. So what, just tell people a little bit about that part of your, your career that how you learned how to blend cigars. Cause I think that gets glossed over so often. I think you and Michael Herklotz are two people who have like this blending background that kind of gets glossed over, unfortunately, um, by so many, but it's a big part of like who you, who both of you are. So tell us a little bit about your background in blending. It's kind of like a doctor. You go to your doctor and you, you know, love your doctor and uh, he uh, takes care of you. We don't stop and say, hey, where did you go to school? Where did you learn to be a doctor? And so that's glossed over, like you said. And for me, I was so lucky. And at the time that I was approached, uh, this is going, uh, you know, back to 20 years ago when I was first approached by Mr. Coleman, the owner of Jello Cigar. And uh, he simply said to me one day, I need your help. And I said to him, whatever you need, the answer is yes, before you ask me, because I love your company. And I love what I'm doing. He said, no, you know, your days of selling cigars are going to be over. Uh, we need to start to prepare for the future. A lot of our blenders are master blenders. I'm just a blender. So master blenders are retiring. Uh, uh, you know, Benji Menendez is going to retire. Uh, you know, um, uh, uh, C. I mean, uh, La Gloria from, uh, you know, Anesso Prince Creo was going to leave uh, General Cigar and he was going to retire and uh and so we need to prepare for the future and so if you want this opportunity what we're going to do is just send you to the factories and we're going to train you in uh, both factories at that time we only owned uh we jello cigar owned owned uh, two factories one in honduras and one of the dr so i went and trained in those factories to train how do we receive tobacco from the farms of farms and what do we do to process the tobacco to roll that a cigar to box the cigar and to ship it so that training came in this kind of six months in the dr and six months in honduras not once did they mention to me uh the process of blending cigars or tobaccos to make a cigar that came when i started to work with benji and benji if you guys if, and girls if you don't know Benjamin Menendez, just Google that name. He uh, is a legendary uh, owner of a, uh, a factory in Cuba. He owned the H. Hutman factory in Cuba. Uh, his grandfather and dad started H. Hutman in uh, Monte Cristo. And so that, that was you know, taught to him. And uh, Mr. Coleman put us together for five years. And uh, my job was to go around this country with Benji and do events. But that taught me only so much. And, but the downtime, the driving to the next event, the flying together, the hotels, the wrapping it up at, at the end of the night, 
that is where I started to pick his brain. Could I ever use to, that tobacco and this? No, this corner always fighting each other. You know, if I was going to use that wrapper, these are the, uh, the fillers I would use because they work together. And he taught me how to do blending. And so after that training of, you know, close to seven years, uh, they thought I was ready. And I took over blending with a team called Team LaGloria, and we formed Team LaGloria to start to manufacture without a Nesto. And it was me, Michael Giannini, and Yuri Gideon that was a, you know, the general manager of the factory in the uh, DR. And so it took three guys to replace one guy. And so we did that for about 18 months, and all of a sudden uh, we merged or bought a CAO, and that blender retired and i got a kind of a tip on my shoulder we think we're going to move for you from la gloria to cao and i fought and fought oh la gloria's doing this cao was doing this at that time so i didn't know wanted anything to do with cao but uh they said oh bless your heart he's (laughs) asking you no we're telling you what you're doing and so i went to uh you know cao and now i look back over that time Thank you so much because what CAO did for me was giving me a blank sheet every time we want to make cigars. And so there's no way that, uh, you know, looking back, could we ever do a Amazon Basin through LaGloria? It doesn't fit. Uh, mm-hmm. Could uh, we ever do a flathead with Macadoodle? It doesn't fit. But for CAO, it fits. It fits. You want. Uh, you know, a new tobacco, they, you know, they're known for that. That's the DNA of, you know, CA was introducing new tobacco. So if you want to offer something for Brazil, for the Amazon, perfect fit. Uh, if you want a flavor cigar, you could do that. You want a new age cigar like Flathead, we could do that. You want a classic, we could do that. So it was a blank sheet. But uh, I realized when I was working with, uh, you know, uh, La Gloria, it was kind of cornered into that Cubanesque mm-hmm. And so it would hamper your growth. But uh, because he allowed me to do that, I was very willing and interested in creating my new line. So I was not as scared of creating uh, West Tampa because I already knew I'm using new tobaccos, uh, to, you know, kind of developing new projects for CAO. So, it was just a you know, natural fit for me to do my own. And what was that transition like moving from, you know, the, the, the huge kind of playing field that General Cigar kind of operates on to suddenly having your own brand? Like what was, how did you navigate that? Because I'm sure that took a little bit of an adjustment. It is scary. It is scary because you're going to, uh, from access to any tobacco known for cigars, at your access and so to uh, to a factory says well we have, have how many wrappers do you have because i'm you know right now i'm going from general cigar we had 18 20 wrappers and so oh i have three and a half like three and a half what do you mean what's a half well uh you know uh we ferment one a little bit longer and it just turns the color different like that's a wrapper in their eyes okay that's great but uh as a chef as a chef to go into a, a kitchen and say, I have access to pork, beef, chicken, fish. Uh, I have access to 
any ingredients I want to use, that's great. It's great for a newbie. But as trained chef, make me a great dinner, but only going to give you four to uh, you know five ingredients. Could you do your magic? And that is a challenge, and that's a challenge I wanted to uh, kind of have. And so, uh, yeah, it is definitely scary, but uh, not scary enough to, like, I can't do this. And so uh, I look forward to what can I do with a lack of tobacco and still give the fans of myself or fans of CEO what's, not, you know, next for Ricky. Uh, this is it. And so uh, it's amazing that uh, you don't need that much tobacco sometimes all you need is to focus with your team and uh, kind of get that concept in your mind uh, that profile for body to flavors and uh, you can Benji one time taught me if I give you two wrappers and uh, five fillers what combination you think you could it's, it's unbelievable how many cigars you can release say 200 200 just using that combination of half of this uh you know uh you know leaf and all of this and so when you look at that uh, bro i don't need access to 18 wrappers 20 wrappers i can have two or three wrappers and just make for me 30 years worth of delivering different cigars uh different bodies different uh you know uh flavor uh techniques so as a, a chef i'm always think of myself as a chef because everybody can relate to that. And so that's the reason I use food so much when I'm talking to people, because, uh, you know, for me, uh, you know, just as you go out there and say, oh, the level of the, uh, you know, pH uh, in the soils, you know, bro, I'm not a farmer. (laughs) Oh, you know, I'm using chicken for this wrapper and beef for this wrapper. I got that. I got this. So I want a mild cigar. I use a piece of light fish and I throw some paprika or and some lemon and that'll give you a great fish dish. And so I've always kind of uh, picture myself or as a chef, instead of using food, I use tobacco to create these beautiful experiences that you can enjoy. And so it was hard. It's scary. But uh, now that I'm in with uh, uh, Garmendia, and I know that we have a partner that we can trust and love. Um, yeah, l- let's go. Let's go to work. And we did two cigars right away. And two cigars that we think uh, that in our mind perform so different. But uh, if you really break down those cigars, they're virtually the same. The wrapper on white and uh, black are the same. One, that's the half. You know, remember I just said uh, I have three and a half. So the white is uh, a uh, Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. The black is the same wrapper that we're just fermenting about uh, three months longer, changing that color. So when you look at the white, what I want you to focus on, what I want you to uh, deliver to your uh, your palate is the, the wrapper. That is the main component of that cigar flavor. But if I'm using the same, virtually the same wrapper for black, what do I do? Oh, reverse that. Make that flavor come from your blend and downplay your wrapper. And that is what we did with white and black. So if you really dice the, the cigars, you'll notice, bro, it's kind of the same cigars. But that is what I've been kind of 
teaching everybody. We're all using the same tobaccos. I am going to use the same tobacco CEO is going to use, Rocky Patel's using, you know, Poping is using. We're all in line. But when we get it into our kitchen, when we get it into our, our, our factory, we can work with that tobacco to and different techniques of fermentation and aging to deliver you guys different experience. But everybody's using the same tobaccos, but the process that we all put that tobacco through allows us to create different flavors in different bodies throughout that uh, experience. Yeah, and I love the, um, you know, using food since we all eat food of some sort to kind of describe your, your tobacco because it makes it so relatable. You know, one of my issues that I sometimes have is, you know, a lot of the companies get very technical sometimes about how they describe a cigar. And it's like that, that information is helpful, but like I'm not an aficionado to the point where, you know, I can just see a tobacco and automatically say, oh, that's, that's you know, going to give me this flavor. So, but if you were to describe, you know, the cigar to me in terms of food, you know, or just use that kind of like relatable, I think that's part of your, you know, probably experience as a storyteller being able to make it relatable to a larger group of people and even your non-cigar smoker um, than just sticking to the wrapper binder filler information. Because, you know, there are some people out there probably like me who you can say wrapper binder filler and we're just kind of blink at you and say, you know, okay. <laughs> but if you leave, I agree, you, I agree with that. It's completely because, you know, it is a different because, you know, what uh, Benji taught me is that lesson, you know, uh, there, with your knowledge, Ricky, you can talk to uh, and answer a question three ways. Uh, if somebody comes to you and say, hey, what's the difference between natural and maduro? And you're in a, uh, you know, uh, a shop and there's, you know, 50 people and they're, you know, hanging on your, on your words. And you say, okay, that question was asked of me. And I say to, say to that guy, how long have you been smoking cigars? I've been smoking for 10 years. And you don't know the difference by now. Bro, I just embarrassed that guy. Every other hand goes down because I'm not going to be your fucking, you know, kind of your Plato to embarrass me. So their hand goes down. The other way you can answer, like you said, over talk them. You know, oh, well, the reason we chose this because, the you know, the lever of the soil, I'm not a farmer, you know. <laughs> or you can say, simply, hey, bro, that's a great question. To be a Maduro, we're just trying to draw out this, the natural sugar in that uh, tobacco. That's it. So naturals, we do not want to draw out the natural sugar. We want that wrapper to just be that taste. But for Maduros, what we're going to do is extend the fermentation time, heat it up a little bit more, breaking down the starches, turn it into sugar. So if you look at, uh, you know, black and white, a lot of people are saying, oh, I love your black Maduro. It's hard for me to say, stop. And I look around, make sure that nobody's hearing because I don't want to embarrass them. Bro, that is not a Maduro. Uh, it's just a process to turn that to a wrapper a little bit uh, deeper in color. Because a Maduro in our eyes, and I have a Maduro right here, or a black. And so to really have that Maduro, all you do is taste it before you light it. If you t taste natural sweetness in your lips, that's Maduro. If you take the block and rotate it and, and fold it up, 
there's no sweetness because it's not Maduro. It's not Maduro. But everybody associates a darker cigar with either Maduro or too much body. That's wrong and wrong. And so it's my job to explain in terms that they can understand and sometimes quietly to not embarrass that gentleman or that lady. Just say, oh, I love your Maduro. William, thank you so much. And I look around, hey, by the way, it's not Maduro. <laughs> you know, so they walk away, bro, I just learned something, but he didn't mm -hmm. embarrass me. Answer that question for you. Somebody was asking um, for Facebook, um, what is your favorite profile note in a cigar? Do you have one? You know, uh, yes, uh, of course I do. But it depends on the time of day that I'm smoking and enjoying that cigar. So uh, like every, you know, every blender I've ever come across, uh, what I realized that they don't smoke only mild or medium body cigars or full body cigars. Uh, when am I going to smoke that cigar? So I tend to smoke white in the beginning of my day and to open my palate. After a steak dinner, I don't think white had uh, the enough body or enough flavor to overpower my steak dinner, but black w really would. And so uh, it depends. Uh, Note-wise, um, you know, sweetness. I, I love sweetness. I, I love, you know, one of my favorite wrappers to work with is uh, Connecticut Broadleaf because uh, it's just it's sweet. It's, you know, and I can downplay that sweetness with change of the blend and focus on the blend. So sweet, um, sometimes earth, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, pepper notes. I'm not very big on spice notes, but more pepper notes. But it's, you know, that's the beauty of cigar smoking. What do you enjoy? You know, because I can say, hey, bro, love this cigar. This is the world's best cigar I've ever made. For who? For me. Mm -hmm. It's up to you to enjoy that cigar and say, hey, Ricky, I smoke the uh, the black. I don't like it. But your white, bro, heaven to me. Thank you. Thank you. Because you know your palate. I don't know your palate. We think we know. So when we make cigars, we're making it for the mass, not for one person. So the mass is the reason we chose to make black and white. So we can get out there and say, oh, if you're not a fan of medium to full body, check out my white. Oh, you're not a fan of, uh, you know, uh, a full body, you know, a, a light cigar, check out my black. And so it's up to you uh, as a smoker to pick up that cigar and uh, make your own, uh, you know, opinion about that cigar. That's the reason we really don't uh, share. If somebody says, oh, what's your blend? Yeah, bro, no, no, no. The more you don't know about your cigar going into that first time, the more you're going to really be able to know that cigar if it's right for you. Because if I say, okay, I have, uh, you know, some um, Honduras, uh, you know, uh, Nicaraguan tobacco. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I hate Nicaraguan tobacco. Why? Well, I'm a mild smoker. I lit up a papine. Oh, my God. They're known for that, you know, bold flavor, that big body. So that's not the right cigar. So, so they, they said in their mind, I'm not going to like that because I had a bad experience with that. No. So if I with you or your fans do not do any research of the cigar that you want to pick up for the first time, 
and experience that cigar blind. And then, oh my God, he has Nicaragua in it. I didn't think I'd like Nicaragua. No, you didn't like that version. Okay, go back to food. I love, you know, McDonald's. I hate Burger King. What? It's, you know, it's a beef patty with a bun, but the process of that beef patty, I don't like. So if I only ate, uh, you know, Burger King, I would, you know, kind of drive by McDonald's. I'm not going to go in there. There's no way because I experienced the Whopper and I didn't like it. Well, no, no, try the Big Mac. And you're going, oh my God, thank God I didn't fucking, you know, listen to myself and, you know, visit, uh, you know, Burger King and uh, uh, McDonald's. I think what you said kind of goes along with why I, as a content creator and person in the media, I don't do a lot of uh, of the industry reviews like this is a 91, this is a 93 and stuff like that, because I always feel like my job as a media person probably is more so to give people like you, like you to come out here and talk about their cigars. And then I hope people will listen to what you have to say about the cigar and go out and try it. Like, I don't ever want to be the type that says this is a 91 and they, in their mind, it says, Oh, 91. That's, you know, that's so, so, you know, I'm only going to smoke 93s or, you know, or say this is an 89 and they go, Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Like 89, like, you know, that's why I, I feel like, like you said, it's a good idea for people to kind of, maybe go into smoking a cigar with very little information other than that they want to try it because they'll be surprised sometimes I think by you know trying something that they think that they don't like for whatever reason like you said like maybe it's a brand and that brand has you know has some other lines that they don't like and then they have one that's, that could become your new favorite so exactly because uh, I, I think you know for me uh, is uh, you know if you're looking at a cigar we're living in an age of technology. So if you want to know the blend, there's so many ways to find that. You don't need to hear from me. You could go and just Google right now, you know, the blend for West Tampa, white and black. There it is. But do yourself a favor. Smoke it. And they say, bro, I love this cigar. I think it has some of my favorite tobacco from Nicaragua. And oh, my God, I'm getting better. It is uh, Nicaraguan. But uh, also, you can uh, learn, I thought I hated uh, Nicaraguan tobacco. Now, what other cigar I'm missing out there that has Nicaragua that I was walking past because I had a bad experience one time with that guy. And so that guy, a rating system to me, it's not, I'm going to say bullshit, but a 91 could be easily an 80 for somebody else. Oh, maybe he's, a, you know, uh, an 80 cigars. Oh, it's a mild cigar. It's like smoking paper. But that guy that loves a mild cigar would say, bro, that is a 95 rating cigar for my palate. So that, it, it, I don't know. You know, I don't talk about ratings because we tend to only highlight what? Oh, look at this. Oh, my God. Black just got a 91. Well, your white got an 86. Uh, <laughs> you didn't talk about that. Well, right. Yeah, I don't want to take it. But it's like, you know what? Uh, don't, 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 don't worry about ratings. Uh, really, uh, uh, your, your palate is your palate. And uh, who knows that palate of that guy that rated your cigar at 75? I want to say, stop. 
let me ask you a question. Before you waited my cigar, what time was it? Oh, it was it nine o'clock in the night? Okay, what was your day like? Well, I started in the morning with a, uh, a breakfast burrito, and I ate a hot dog with chili on it, and <laughs> then I had uh, two or three Mountain Dews, and uh, I had dinner, and I didn't like my dinner because my wife you know, forced me to eat some fucking vegetables I didn't like, and so now I'm going to race her through a cigar. Really? Your palate is destroyed. And so now you're going to break my cigar? Bro, just rate your own cigar. When you go into a cigar uh, shop and you have a thousand boxes open in your humidor, it is your job to find the little uh, nuggets in there for you. And you're going to be able to pull out cigars. I love this cigar. And somebody's going to say, I wouldn't smoke that cigar. I wouldn't give that cigar to my dog. Well, I don't care about your dog. I love the cigar. You know, so everybody's different. So I know people probably have asked you this, especially at the trade show and at the events that you do, but you have two cigars and I have them here. You have the black and you have the white. Mm -hmm. So I know people are probably asking me, like, what's the difference? Like, mm -hmm. like what's the, the spill? Especially when, you, like you said, we when you don't want to really talk about the, uh, the the blend. Like, what do you tell them? What's the difference between these two, these two cigars? Like, I'm sure that there's a time of day, like you said, that maybe one yeah. of them is kind of better for than the other. So, what's the what's the kind of sales pitch or the spill on these cigars that you kind of created? You know, those those questions I love to answer. You know, so when I when I smoke the white. I get some citrus and some finish of, you know, kind of uh, uh, like um, cream to it. It's, bro, again, if you smoke a white says citrus, I got apple. Okay, you're right for you. Did you enjoy it? Yes, I did. But I didn't taste any citrus. I don't care about that. And so body-wise, I think uh, the, you know, um, the body for the white would be that uh, – the guy that's uh, tend to smoke the medium to full body, I mean, uh, the mild to full body cigar, and the black would be the guy that enjoys and knows that he enjoys or she enjoys uh, medium to full body cigars. So that's one thing I can definitely share with you. Uh, so body-wise, look for this. Flavor-wise, I would look for this. And so that doesn't say that if you're wrong, if you don't pull out that flavor notes of citrus, and you turn that citrus into apple. And so, did you like it? I did. Okay, go for it. And so, in uh, the the blend for black, I would say if you're more of uh, the uh, the medium to full body uh, smoker, but tend to like some uh, spice or pepper notes, because the way we're treating that filler, highlight the filler, that's going to be a great cigar for you. So. Uh, again, these terms that we're just throwing out there, it has a note of leather. Stop. Stop with this fucking leather shit. <laughs> what was the last time you ate your shoe or you tasted your belt? Now, if you say, oh, it has an aroma when I was not smoking and I smoked, it's kind of a hint of a leather. Okay, I agree with that. But these guys are not saying it has aroma. They're saying, oh, it has a finish of leather. <laughs> what? 
what are you okay 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 yeah so uh for me uh if you're going to experience white know this it's for more of that smoker from uh, uh mild to medium and for black uh, medium to full body that's it note wise i think citrus to me and so more pepper and spice for the black and it's up to you to, to uh, you know disagree or agree but at the end of the day did you like it if you like it just smoke it don't worry about so it's every time i've just smoked uh the um the robusto black doesn't taste to me like my toro black right it's the same but that size that length that gauge mm -hmm. reacts different to their uh, smoking uh, pleasure so uh if you think you're going to be able to smoke like flathead we have a lancero and a seven by 70. if you're going to kid yourself i'm going to smoke it lancero today and experience the same thing with a seven by 70 you've got to be kidding me it's up to you to decide in that frame of five blends or five sizes which is your size that's it because every manufacturer i guarantee you if they're truthful if they have three sizes what size do you think represents what you really had the target for in my eyes i would say for the black would be the toro that's spot on for what i wanted for body and flavor that doesn't mean that they don't like the Robusto or the six by 60, but that to me is my go-to uh, size. But for the white, my go-to size, believe it or not, is the six by 60. I think that combination of that uh, filler and ratio with that uh, wrapper just performs a little bit better. But that doesn't mean you're going to agree with me. You can say to me, you're wrong. I think the white, the best size, I smoked all three sizes. I love the white in Robusto, but I love the black in the six by 60. You made your own decision. Good <laughs> boy. Here's a story in your head. Go home and sell to uh, everybody. I was a, a class clown today and I got the star in my head. Yeah. You know, so, so what, as we kind of near the, the end of our hour together, what is your goal with West Tampa? Like, where do you hope to take your company from here? Because obviously it's just the beginning. So what can you kind of share with us about the future of, of West Tampa Tobacco Company? To continue to give you different cigars, different experience, uh, different techniques, uh, different tobaccos, uh, different sizes, uh, and different experience. Uh, so that's our goal. Uh, uh, what, what we don't want to do is like launch our uh, uh, second product is going to be a, a series, a small batch series called uh, Attic. And what we don't want to do is, oh, Attic is kind of like rock or white. No, it's totally different. And I don't want to give you a cigar like Ricky, the, the attic is like your flathead or your Emma's a basin or your, you know, uh, you know, uh, and a con no, I just wanted to give you difference difference. So, uh, we're going to grow. We're not going to be a large company. 
but we're going to be that company that uh, if you do business with us, if you follow us as a fan of West Tampa, know this. Every cigar that we're going to offer you is going to you get it in. He did it again. <laughs> Completely different what I was enjoying yesterday. And now it's, it's a, another cigar I enjoy for West Tampa. So usually to close out each show, I usually ask each guest kind of the same two questions. Um, the, okay. first, the first of those questions is, what is your why? What motivates you to do what you do? Um, to make sure uh, my uh, my my partners and my family and anybody that's working with us at, at West Tampa are, are proud and happy that uh, we chose them or they were able to work with us. Uh, that's my why. I get up every day making sure that uh, I go to work and ha- uh, work hard to make sure that everybody is happy uh, from anybody's uh, partner to my my uh, you know daughter to my partners in the the box factories to the uh you know tobacco factories uh you know what we chose the white guy to hitch our wagon to and so that's one of the things that i that's my wife why do i do this is to offer you guys a different experience every time that we uh release a new cigar and the second question is someone comes to you, they say, Rick, um, you know, can you give me some advice for starting my own company, my own brand? It might not necessarily be a cigar company or related to tobacco, but they might have an idea of, like I said, something that they want to do, entrepreneurship. What's your advice to that person to get them started? Believe in yourself and do not talk about money. Do not fucking mention money in your business plan for your partners, to the accounts that you're going to open, you're going to be able to make this much money uh, because uh, that's a, uh, the sign of the death. If you do that, um, you know, um, it's just, it's not the other way, way. Believe in yourself and uh, just, you know, realize that um, you're doing it for the reason you want to do it. Your heart, your soul is in into it, not the money, not the bank account. It's just, uh, I believe in this project. I can't stand in front of anybody and everybody and say, you need to try this. I believe in this uh, project. I'm not saying that uh, out of 100 people, 100 people are going to love this cigar. I don't care. But if you believe in yourself, even the guys that don't believe in your cigar will maintain and stay with you uh, for you to launch a cigar maybe in the, uh, the, you know, the future for them. Uh, but you lie to them, you're dead. And if you think about money, you're dead. So if I can't say any, uh, anything to anybody uh, right now, just close. Thank you. Thank you so much for supporting this little company called West Tampa Tobacco. Thank you for believing me enough for you to give me the opportunity to grow this little business into something that uh, we're going to be around for years and years and years down the future. And so, yeah, it's very basic. Believe in yourself and believe in your product and you're going to be okay. And can you tell people what website they need to visit and what social media they need to follow in order to keep up with you in West Tampa? Because some people are obviously listening to this. They haven't seen a banner that's been up uh, the whole episode. So, So, you know, WestTampaTobacco.com is our website. We are also on Instagram and Facebook and you can follow uh, West Tampa. 
uh, you know, tobacco on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and uh, soon. I'm fighting it, but it's the, it's the future. Coming soon to, uh, what what is it called? Sarah, I need your help. Uh, TikTok. Oh, you're going you're gonna to jump so, on TikTok. Yeah, yeah, because, I, again, if you look at right now, who goes to, uh, you know, Facebook? Uh, you're 45 years old to old. And so uh, Instagram, you're, you know, 25 to 45 or 30 to 45. If you wanted to uh, start to reach into a new fan base, uh, TikTok is your future. And so it's not going to be, I'm not going to dance. I'm <laughs> not going to, you know, you my cigar. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to uh, kind of explain what is a cigar. And if I can help you out and choosing a cigar right for you, uh, that is a goal for West Tampa do. Oh, TikTok. Yes. Well, like people don't know, but like TikTok is, I think is uh, it and YouTube are kind of like the number two or three um, search engines in the world. So people don't really realize that. Uh, and so I think it's very smart to be on TikTok. And right now, I mean, you're going to be an early adapter for the t- uh, cigar industry because there are not a lot of cigar brands that are uh, on there and like posting regularly because they think, like you said, they think, oh, this is like too young and stuff like that. But I think at some point, just like it was, you know, everybody kind of adapted to Instagram. We're all going to be on TikTok. So I'm already there playing around. And I know Michael Herklotz is there and Karen Berger and, and just the Nate and Matt Booth. So it's it's definitely where people need to kind of, businesses need to kind of start focusing a little bit of time, just figuring out. And like you said, it could just be you delivering educational information on how to do exactly. something and putting your brand out there because there, there's going to be a point where you'll have this humongous following, I'm sure. And all these other companies will be trying to kind of copy <laughs> what what you and Sarah are doing. So uh, we'll I'm, have fun. We'll have fun on it. Uh, we're not serious. Uh, we're not a serious company. Uh, you know, I bust chops and I bust myself and all that. We'll have fun. But uh, at the end of the day, the end of the day is education. And if we can deliver that message two or three ways, one is more, you know, uh, cut and dry with uh, Facebook or, you know, more pictures with, uh, you know, Instagram. But TikTok, if you do it the right way, you'll get your following. And so uh, just pick it and uh, be true to yourself. If you're known for being that uh, kind of cut up guy, add some of that. If you're known for being serious, add that too. But, uh, you know, know this is the future. And so it is where I go to for a lot of recipes right now uh, mm-hmm. for cooking. And so it, it's not only about the craziness and, uh, you know, TikTok to have to offer, but there is some information that uh, you can go to TikTok and visit. And it's like, oh, I just learned something about that. Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll be looking for you to be on TikTok any day now. I am too. I want to thank you. Thank you again for coming on today and sharing your story. And we'll have to have you back on uh, in the near future. Maybe we can convince Sarah to kind of join you because I think having that that dynamic of of you know father daughter and also the marketing side and the face yep. of the company will obviously I think will be a, a very interesting discussion. So um, we'll have to kind of work that into the future, near future, to have you both both on here. Um, we would love the opportunity. Uh, know this: our door is always open to you, my friend. Always so. open. So just uh, let us know, and if my schedule could fit it, 
we're going to do it very wow. soon. Well, I hope you have a, a great time in uh, Inner Tobac. I know that that's the next big event that you'll be at for those people who are going to be at that show. So um, I want to thank everyone for watching. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, just make sure you hit that like or subscribe button. Uh, if you're listening to this on any of the podcasting platforms, make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a, leave a review because reviews help me to improve what we do here. And I always say that there's always room for improvement. So you're not going to hurt my feelings if there's something that you think uh, we can do better. Or if you like something, also, that's a great thing to comment on as well. Um, we have shows, two more shows this week. So it'll be crazy. It's kind of like pandemic year where we had shows almost every day. So we have another show tomorrow with Nomos Cigars and then one on Thursday with Martinez Cigars. So completely different stories uh, and it'll be completely interesting. And uh, if you miss any of this episode or want to see the, the other 102 or 103 episodes that are out there, uh, just go to deepcutslive.com and you can see all the past episodes uh, in video and audio format. So thank you again, Rick. And thank you everyone for watching. And until next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.